I'm Sarah Seven, and you are listening to Tornado Radio, where we're all safe and sound in the eye of the unstoppable Central Texas music storm. Hello again, y'all. Thanks for listening. It's so good to be here, especially because this episode of Tornado Radio is going to be a good one. We have Casey Stanislaw singer, songwriter, and band leader. And how all that came about was a year ago, I had a gig out in Rosebud, and that involved a lovely drive through the countryside to one of my favorite things, a rural Texas town, one of those places where the downtown is unapologetically 19th century. And I got to the stage, but there weren't many people there, and it was kind of off in a corner, and it was in this dark, shady little spot. And while we're setting up, this friendly, happy-looking guy walks up, and he's got an amp, and he just says, Yeah, I don't know about this. I think we should be playing over there, out in the sun. And so he offered to help us move our gear. I thought it was kind of a ballsy move, just, you know, deciding, No, we're going to do our gig where we want to do our gig. It was the same event, same town, but... uh he ensured that we got heard and seen. So anyway, that was about a year ago, and I didn't think too much of it. But then uh, a few few months later, I meet this guitar player, lead guitar player, at a uh, an open mic. And uh, turns out he's Casey's lead player, and he was always talking about, yeah, I just I just love Casey's songs. They're just they're just something, you know. And I I kind of felt like the you know jealous boyfriend going, well, yeah, well, what's that phrase, you know? Anyway, what is that phrase? jealous boyfriend say what's he got that i ain't got i don't know but i listened to one of his band's live performances out at o'brien's and they were doing traveling bone and it's a beautiful song especially with the band and that kind of blew me away then later i got to meet his whole band guitar player uh jose del castillo and his bass player tom jones yeah the tom jones not the singer but the tom jones this guy's amazing he's a very versatile, seasoned musician. And uh, his drummer, Josh, is um, also quite amazing. Plays with passion and precision. So, without further ado, resident DJ Shanti Ann interviewing Casey Stanislaw of the KCB Band. Hi, welcome to Tornado Radio. I'm excited to be here in Cameron, with KCD, Stanislaw of the KCD Band, a terrific local band whose music strikes with an immense variety of musical styles and vibes. Thanks for being on the show, Casey. Thanks so much for letting me come on. I appreciate it. I really do. The diversity of styles I noticed in your music is pretty incredible. I could listen all day and not get bored. So what else makes your band unique? Well, I'll tell you, you know, trying to be unique is... <laughs> It's a blessing and a curse because, you know, at one point you want to say, yeah, you want to do something different. You want to be, you want to be out there. You want people to go, oh, wow. But at the same time, there needs to be some familiarity. You know, at the end of the day, everything sounds like something. So if we could be original and be like alongside of it and go, if I play one of my songs and then I play a Doobie Brothers song, for example, then people might go, Oh, that song sounds like the Doobies. Yeah. So I would say what we are trying to do is just 
I'm a little bit throwback in the sense that I want to be a rock and roll band in the 70s sense. Not play necessarily 70s music, but in the 70s, bands played all kinds of stuff. If you listen to the Stones, there was a disco song. There was a country song. There was just a straight-up rock rocker. There was a slow ballad. You know, why can't we be a band like that? I totally heard that. I definitely sensed a lot of that 70s vibe. It's very familiar, and there's all these different styles. And at one point, I thought I heard a little bit of operatic. Okay, I participate in a songwriting group, just a songwriting exercise, and they put a prompt out there. I used to sing Barbershop, okay? And Barbershop is really good in the sense that the experience of singing is you just really have to learn how to mesh with three other voices and make them all work together. And so, you know, you, you get a songwriting prompt, and the prompt is, I think the prompt was uh, Farewell. You know, you write a little strummy song, you write a rock song or whatever, and I'm like, I want to write a song with a great melody that could would be a barbershop song, that if, if I decided to go four-part with it, it would totally work. And so I had this cool melody. It just had this sort of wistful feel to it. So I wrote some lyrics, and they didn't quite work. And I was like, there's something else. And so I started thinking about Robert Burns, you know. I don't know why. I was thinking Robert Burns, the poet, the, the Scottish poet. And I was like, well, I wonder if Robert Burns has a song with Farewell in it. Of course he has a poem with Farewell in it. It's called what Farewell to the Highlands. <laughs> so the song I wrote was called Farewell to the Highlands, and I adapted the Robert Burns poem to it. That was a real emotional piece for me. So tell me about your musical influences. That song in particular, um, and a, a lot of my other songs like that, they come real, really Billy Joel, Billy Joel influenced. Because I just think, it's, when we were talking about being songwriters and being versatile and crossing genres, see, to me, Billy Joel is the epitome of that. He's mainstream, but he doesn't always, he's not always mainstream. Uh, and so let me, let me just tell you something I stole recently. So let's see, this little tune I just wrote recently, which was the um, listen, listen Up, I'm Not Listening. Yeah, okay, so I wrote a song, and I, I kind of patterned it after Billy Joel's Glass Houses. Stuff. You know. Well, I kept my mouth shut because I didn't want to put you down. Gospel like a prophet on the Temple Mount When you're on your pedestal Anything I say is not gonna change your mind anyway So listen up I'm not listening That's enough Just listen me off now And I don't wanna walk out now So anyhow uh, so Billy Joel is, a, is an influence. Uh, I would say that my biggest songwriting musical influence is probably Jackson Brown. Back in the day, I just, Jackson Brown was, I just, I still love Jackson Brown. Uh, I met him once, just like in passing, I was at a trade show, and he's like, hey, hey Jackson, how's it going? Shook his hand. <laughs> what do you say to a guy? You know what I did? I said, I didn't want to be the stupid guy with the, selfie or whatever 
I shook his, I, I walked up to him and I just shook his hand and I said, I've been a fan for a really long time and I just wanted to say what's up. <laughs> another, uh, another songwriter that I draw a lot from is, is John Hyatt. I don't know if you've listened to John Hyatt. John Hyatt probably is most famous for uh, uh, Memphis in the Meantime. He's very prolific, still, still writing, puts out an album every two years. And um, I always admired him because he's, he's gritty and Americana at the same time. Um, and then there's just a whole kind of host of other people that I pull from. My son, who is a, a songwriter, I pull from him a lot too, even though he's, because uh, he's so much better than me. <laughs> there's a particular musical experience I had. And the song is called, it's off of Jackson Brown's Late for the Sky album. And it's a song called The Late Show. So this has been 1980, okay? So I'm laying in bed. I'm awake, you know, at, at midnight, and I'm listening to the radio because I always listen to the radio. And uh, <laughs> the Jackson Brown, you know, I knew it stayed up because the Jackson Brown, I knew Jackson Brown was going to be on the, on the midnight snack, right? And they played an hour and 20 minutes of Jackson Brown nonstop, no commercials. This is a big deal back in, you know, 1980. Uh, and one of the songs I heard for the first time was a song called The Late Show. And it's just like, I'll just play a little bit for you. Everyone I've ever known has wished me well. Anyway, that's how it seems. It's hard to tell. Maybe people only ask you how you're doing. Cause that's easier than letting, than letting on how little they could care. But when you know that you've got a real friend somewhere Suddenly all the others are so much easier to bear So there's a great line in this song, I'll just skip to the end It's like you're standing in the window Of a house nobody lives in And I'm sitting in a car beside the way Let's just say early model Chevrolet let's just say it's a warm and windy day you go collect your sorrows the trash man comes tomorrow leave it at the curb and we'll just pull away so there was this really cool thing at the end of it and the car door slams and then you hear the car driving away. Just has this really sort of, sort of wistful, wistful romantic sort of feel to it. And so that song just sort of captured me, and I was like, "Whoa, I want to write songs like that," you know. I, or I didn't think about writing songs at that time. I was like, "That's the kind of music." Those sorts of things just sort of grabbed me. I was like, you know, though, because that really got me. Uh, and of course, when you're you're going through teen angst, maybe you're still going through teen angst, Sarah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, when you get a, a real friend, man, that's true. You know, the eyes are the window of the soul. Oh my God! So, "Life of the Sky" is still one of my favorite albums. That's a that song was a big influence on me. What things do you enjoy most about making music? So, about five years ago, I got um, serious about my songwriting, 
and read a, written a song or two here and there, kind of when the inspiration hit me. But I was like, you know, I just really you want to concentrate on this. And at the end of 2017, uh, my son, who's played in bands in Fort Worth for a long time, I talked him into getting some of his buddies together, and we recorded. The lead track was about how screwed up 2017 is, unknowing that 2020. <laughs> <laughs> so, so nobody write a 2020 album. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think I'm depressed enough to write a 2020 <laughs> album. Uh, but, um, but I wanted to make, without being hitting somebody over the head with it, the songs that I chose for that disc, to me, kind of fit together thematically the vibe for that at time and place. And and any recording you make, in my opinion, is like, it's a picture in time. It's like a photograph. I went in seriously as a bucket list project. Like I'm going to make an album before, you know, in my life, just so I could have something. And then it turned out really cool. It turned out really cool. And then Jordan Richardson, who's a, just a badass, and he mixed and mastered it for me. And so I was like, when Jordan heard it, and was like, yeah, this is really cool. I mean, I'm his customer at the end of the day, but, you know, he didn't have to say, you know, get into it like he did. And I thought, well, you know, maybe I've got something going on here. And it came out really cool. Also, if you look at the artwork, my daughter, who you see some of her paintings here, did the artwork for the album, the paintings for the album. And it turned into a real cool family project. And I mean, that experience collectively was just a really neat thing. I would say that... Uh, Every time I get to practice or play with my current band is is a good moment because we're getting better and it's and I thank you and let me just tell you my band name band members so they can be recognized here. Uh Tom Jones, the Tom Jones, not just <laughs> those other fake Tom Joneses. He's just played bass his whole life. So I hooked up with him as a bass player. Then uh I met Jose Del Castillo, Joe, Joe or Joey, some people call him. Joey's just a crazy guitar player. I mean, I, you know, he's just a, he's just a crazy, lovable guy who just loves to play guitar. And then Joshua Sperling is our drummer, uh, incredible musician. He keeps us all he keeps us all going too, and he's got such a great personality. So these guys, I love to, I just love playing with them. I would also like to mention that we've uh, started working with a keyboard player named Jaden Oliver. Great, unbelievable player. What is your musical background and how did you get into music? So I've always uh, just loved music, even as a kid, four or five years old. Roger Miller was my uh, who I loved the most. And my grandparents would put on Roger Miller records and I'd sing him running around the living room. As I got older, or as I grew up, I, I always loved to sing. And I grew up in Church of Christ, uh, which is, as you may or may not know, uh, they focus on acapella singing. They don't have instruments. So as a, a youth, I would go to singing camps. My background uh, in music started there because uh, I learned how to sing, stand in front of people and sing. And... Um, I never really, and, and when I was in high school, it was uncool to be like in sports and be in the band. See, so I never was in the marching band, uh, and then we didn't have a choir here. So when I got to college, I joined the college choir, and um, and sang some stuff there, and then uh, learned learned you know started getting vocal lessons and things like that. 
And then uh, I got married early, and Caleb was born, and then my daughter Emily a little a few years later. And so I wasn't doing anything, and I was in my late 20s, and I'm like, man, I got to do something musically. I joined a barbershop group. <laughs> I lived in Austin at the time. And so I did that for a few years, and it was fun. I, I got a lot out of it. Um, barbershop as a, as a scene is kind of one-dimensional. They're kind of like their barber. They're kind of their, but barbershoppers are so, sorry, sorry, my brothers. Uh, they're just cliquish. They're so cliquish. And if it's not barbershop, then they're real snobby about it. And uh, if it's not seventh chords, and they're just real snobby about it. Uh, singing barbershop is a hell of a lot of fun. I mean, it's such a kick in the pants. But the whole scene is just kind of, uh, it, it just gets old after a while. Um, but, uh, and I still have some good friends um, that do barbershop. But then I've always just kind of been a strummer, sit around the campfire, karaoke night. Yeah, not until recently have I started, uh, you know, getting serious about my songwriting and my music. So I'll give you a backstory on this song. The Super Chief was uh, in the 50s and going into the 60s, up until about 1970 when Amtrak came along. The Super Chief used to come right through Cameron. And so we'd always watch for it. I had this, we had this aunt and uncle, we being my sister and I, actually great aunt and uncle, so my dad's on my dad's side. Um, aunt Edna and Uncle Johnny. Aunt Edna was from here, but she married an L.A. guy and lived in L.A. And so they would come and see us, us country folks. And it was like they were gods to us because they were from the city. You know, and they had all this stuff, and they were cool, and they had this cool stuff, and they had these great stories, and you know, lived in L.A., L.A. proper, you know. A few years ago, they always had their camera in tow. Uncle Johnny did, man. He took pictures and pictures. And um, he passed. You know, when they passed, I'm like, you need to get those pictures. All those pictures and Super Ace he took of us, where are they? You know, we, I want to get them. And so uh, around that time, those things kind of turned up, and... I got to thinking about, uh, you know, you got all these pictures and stuff. I said, but, you know, you don't, not that I have any bad memories really necessarily, but there's sort of a feeling that sometimes you don't want to look at that stuff. It's like, you know what I'm saying? It's like sometimes it's not all happy memories. And sometimes you see there's, <laughs> there's some dysfunction back, you know. I was remembering this stuff. It's like. Well, you know, God, she was kind of kook, you know. So anyhow, this song, this song uh, um, was called um, The One I Keep, but it's, um, and it's really about a picture that Uncle John, and Ed and Uncle Johnny took of me and my sister when I was like 17 and she was 13. The super chief all the way from LA with the brownie camera and the super eight. They trapped our childhood on acetate in some boxes under the bed. Well, some are happy. Some are sad, some 
Christmas And some of the cat Some make you miss Grandma and Granddad Some make you want to forget Oh, forget So why we gotta open up them boxes Remnants of our innocence. Careful what spirits you befriend from when the world was only everything we knew. There's a picture of you and me Arm and arm under that tree So young and hopeful with a future yet to be Well, that's the memory I keep Oh, the one I keep So why we gotta open up them boxes I can't stand to lose what's left of my innocence Careful what spirits you befriend From when the world was over Everything we Baby sister, come and sit with me We'll have a whiskey under that tree We'll talk about our lives and the memories we keep When we were in our bare feet Me and you Great. Tell us about Let's Turn on Christmas. Let's Turn on Christmas was a really, oh my God, just a trippy thing that happened to me. You know, sometimes things just click, right? 
So I wrote Ledstone on Christmas in December 18. And the prompt for the songwriting group I'm in is Spirit. And so I wrote the song, and long story short, it came out kind of a clash. It came out like a clash vibe, you yeah, know? Yeah. And in the demo, I was like, What's upon a Christmas? Was a little family. You know, it's kind of my idea of it. It was like a punk Christmas song. Turn it on! Turn on Christmas! You know? So I had um, an appointment with uh, Jordan Richardson. I'm like, look, you want to do some real work or you want to you play with this song? It's two weeks before Christmas. He listened to it, played it, strummed it through a few times. He's like, you know, we could do something with this. Let's, yeah, let's make a Christmas song. What the heck? Let's make a Christmas song. So you talk about musical experience. I spent two days in the studio with Jordan. It was me and him. But he played drums on the track and bass and part of the guitar solo. And then I, everything else was layered me. And so we put this, we put the Lester on Christmas out. And in 18, it was too late for me to do anything with it. So last year, in 19, I said, well, I want to release it for real. And so then my good friend Dave, um, Dave came down. Um, I said, I want to make a video. So he followed me around Cameron one day. And I put on a Santa suit. And then just went, and if you want to see this video, go look up KCD Christmas on YouTube. Dave followed me around, and we shot video. And it was the night of the Christmas parade. We were right in front of this office, and they were, uh, the Christmas parade was going on. That became the video. Shout out to Dave, because he did such a great job. The Christmas song didn't then recently got re-recorded or uh, covered, so, so to speak, although I'm singing on it, uh, by Rodney Pyatt and them, and it's on their album. I might as well play it. Once upon a Christmas was a little family Once upon a Christmas they set up a Christmas tree They hung their stockings with care They bought each other t-shirts, socks and underwear They strung a little tinsel Children all wrote Santa letters Drank a little eggnog Put on their ugly sweaters They never turned their cell phones off No Dad disappeared and was playing golf Turn it on, turn it on Let's turn on Christmas Don't know where the spirit Plug it in Somebody wake the merry gentleman Let's turn on Christmas Yeah And believe again
interested in hearing about Sound of an Empty Glass. Well, as far as the songwriting stuff goes, that was really early. Sound of an Empty Glass. I've got a friend named Dave Skinner. So he calls me up and says, Casey, what are you doing? I'm like, driving down the road. He's like, you need to get here right now. We're going to write a song for a television commercial. And I'm like, great, let's do it. And so we ended up writing a song called... uh, Ride Across America. And let's ride across America. We're going to glide across the plains. Well, they didn't use it, you know. But uh, we we had a good time, and that was a really good co-write. And so I called Dave up, and I'm like, Dave, about a month later, I'm like, give me something. Give me a line, man. Give me a hook. I need a hook. Let me write a song. That's where I was doing the songwriting group thing. He goes, well, I keep a list of stuff here. He goes, sound of an empty glass. See what you can do with that. So (laughs) I started thinking about that, and I was like, well, that just sounds like some sort of BS new wave, new age thing, right? It sounds like the sound of one hand clapping or something like that, you know, some kind of, some kind of, Buddhist or Taoist thing. And so then I was in the shower, actually, and I was thinking about this song, and I was like, I just tried to take every kind of hokey, BS, new age thing that I could think of and cram it into a drinking song. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) So that's where some of the empty glass comes from. So, you know, by way of credit... You know, Dave has a partial songwriting. Dave Skinner has a partial songwriting credit on this song. (laughs) Sound of an empty glass. When you walked out of my life, I took a good long look inside, found my navel, and began to contemplate. I ain't no yogi man Now I understand And my third eye Seen a vision of a higher state Cause when a drunk falls in the forest Nobody hears or cares And if I've learned anything This too shall pass 
And the sound of one hand clapping Is you waving me goodbye But there's still one mystery Can't get past And that's the lonely, lonely sound Of an empty glass The bottle's half empty Now my glass is full And this shot of whiskey Just might ease my mind Buddha says Life is suffering But if I have one more round Well, I just might Get my chakras all in line Cause when a drunk Falls in the forest, nobody hears or cares. And if I've learned anything, this too shall pass. And the sound of one hand clapping is you waving me goodbye. But there's still one mystery you can't get past. That's the lonely, lonely sound of an empty glass Yeah, the sound of one hand clapping Is you telling me goodbye <laughs> But there's still one mystery you can't get past and that's the lonely, lonely sound of an empty glass Yeah, the lonely, lonely sound of an empty glass An empty glass There you go. I call it, I call it my existential drinking song. <laughs> I just thought about that one hand clapping thing. It's like, see ya, bye. Yeah. <laughs> Go, leave, son, leave you. See ya. <laughs> Anyhow. We noticed a theme of legacies in Grandpa's Well and the Land of Badass Women. Okay, so Grandpa's Well, uh, I'm from here. Um, my ancestors, I'm a fifth generation Milam County resident. My ancestors came here in the 1880s, 1860s, 1880s, both sides of the family. And then they all met up and they were all, my dad's side's Czech and uh, my grand, my paternal grandmother was actually, you know, uh, like from Georgia and Carolinas. And then my mother's side's all German. So they all got here around that time. And um, so part of it was coming from that. And my son and his family just moved back down here. So there was a little bit of that. And it's right around Father's Day when I wrote this song, too. So I was thinking about that stuff. That's the first thing about that song. The second thing about that song is I got to thinking about uh, all the just hard old men I knew. Maybe this is in the theme of the picture thing. It's like I, all these old men I knew when I was a kid were just, they were just bastards. I mean, they were. I mean, seriously, they were just, they were just mean. You know, but they did, they did right 
by our by their by their kids, you know, by their family. They they gave, they left something. And so I started thinking about that kind of legacy there. And uh, and sort of in that vein is my son named his kids. They have the same name as my grandparents. So my grandparents were Joe and Evelyn Stanislaw, and my grandchildren are Joe and Evelyn Stanislaw. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where that came from a little bit. So, so here's Grandpa's well. And it's a metaphor. There's not an actual well. So. <laughs> My granddaddy dug a well Took a shovel, dug it deep Stayed down in that hole all by himself Till he found water sweet My granddaddy made a farm Hundred acres of cedar trees. Every day he worked his fingers to the bone. Build a place for you and me. I ain't saying he was kind. He was stubborn and reckless as hell. He found water pure, pure and clear And I'm still drinking Grandpa's well When I remember that man Look around at all he made with his hands I realize that I'm living a dream That bubbled up from that hidden stream I carry my granddaddy's name Just like him, I'm a little unrefined But it don't matter who you are in this life It's only what you leave behind I ain't saying he was a righteous man There were many times he stumbled and fell he found water pure and clear And I'm still drinking Grandpa's well I'm still drinking from Grandpa's well My granddaddy dug a well Took a shovel, dug it deep Land of Badass Women, um, I wrote this about uh, back in 17. And so um, my daughter and my daughter-in-law, 
we were up one night having a few drinks, and we got to start to talk about feminism. And I'm like, well, I'm a feminist. You know, in the sense that I believe that women can do anything a man can do, and that you should get paid the same. And besides, I was raised by badass women. <laughs> I've got them all around me. How can I not be a feminist? How can I not believe in women, you know? And I started thinking about that. And I wanted to write a song that was gritty, but not like biker mom. What I wanted to write was a tribute to the women in my life who uh, were hardworking, and especially my grandmother. But she really did divorce my grandfather in the 40s after my mother was born and uh, raised my mother. And before I put this song on, I got my mother in the room and I played it for her. And I said, I need you to hear this before it gets out. <laughs> I need you to hear it first and make sure you're okay with it. And she, she, was, she laughed about it. She said, well, me, Ma, that's what we call my grandmother, her mother. She said she would have been proud. And so uh, and the only other thing I want to say is there was a, another line in the song that my wife one day was on a rant about. And uh, you'll hear it. It's like, he just needs to get his ass up and get his shit together and move on down the road. I'm like, that's going in the song. I wrote it down. <laughs> so this is the land of badass women. <laughs> well, no, but, you know, to make the song work, it, it, yeah. it's about me. Country, country blues type. Well, my grandma kicked my grandpa to the curb back in 44. When she caught him messing around on his way home from the war. Moved my mama to the farm and started cutting hair in town. A few years later on her own salon And the nicest house around Now I come from the land of badass women They got a lot of passion and they They got a lot of nerve Well they may not give you what you always wanted But you're always Gonna get what you deserve. Now, when I was a little kid, I'd get dropped off at that beauty shop, and I watched my grandma working all day with a smile nonstop. Well, she taught me how to love this life and never quit until her dying breath. The only thing that ever stopped her was death Harmonica Well, a badass woman told me once when I was a broken throat Get your ass back up, get your shit together and I'll move it on down the road Cause my mama and my sister and my 
nurturing But they ain't scared of a fight That's why I said I, I come from the land Of badass women They got a lot of passion in me They got a lot of nerve Well, they may not give you what you always wanted But you're always gonna get what you deserve oh. Now, I guess you know this song is all about Texas families We practice love and kindness And we remember our legacies Now the flood might wash us out But they'll never take away our pride and Just like Grandma lived We're gonna keep her working And fighting until we die It's cause we was taught To never quit a living Because we've been whooped into shape By badass women Badass Texas women So on the subject of legacy, what do you want your legacy to be? Uh, you know, I just want to leave the world a better place than, um, than I found it, I guess. That's all being about my grandmother. She inspires me, you know, even every day. I know we all have people like that in our lives. I just want to be that for my, uh, for my progeny, for my kids, my grandkids. We're all just here for a speck of dust on the earth, you know, so, how, you know, who knows what that is. But I have another song, maybe I'll close you with that one, is uh, the song called Traveling Bone, which is, uh, Traveling Bone, there is a line in that song, and, <laughs> and it's kind of a, it's kind of a, a uh, an F.U. To the, to the world in a way, and that is that my legacy is what I leave undone. I got this, most of the lines of the song, I should say, shout out it, to my, an author I really like by the name of John Le Carré. He's a spy writer, spy novelist. Brilliant, though. Every time I'm home, I want to be gone. Every time I'm gone, I want to go back home. Seems I can't explain this need to roam Blame it on that old traveling bone Every time I love, I soon have enough Every time I sin, I just go and repent I 
so much for bias and infidelity My traveling bone is good enough for me Any fool can give It's what you take from life that matters And any fool can live It's what you're looking for that Once you sign a spring You can't keep the bugs off the windscreen Once you sign a fall You can't keep the pony in the storm Just because you wander Can't stand the sun and shake off the frost. Cause when the west wind blows, I say through your soul. That's when you know you got a traveling bone. Those who love the world hit the road Them that make the rules stay at home My legacy is what I leave undone It's a lovely agony, that old traveling bone It's an endless song, that old traveling bone I figure that's as good a statement as any.
as far as my legacy goes, it's kind of my anthem. <laughs> if I there is. Appreciate it. I really do. And thank you for everybody who's listening in. Thank you for you guys again for listening to my music. Uh, it makes me feel good. I really love it. Where can our listeners find more of your works? You can find me. Uh, I'm pretty much locked down KCD Music TX, letter K, KC Music DX, KCD Music TX.com. Uh, on Facebook, KCD Music TX, Instagram and Twitter when, uh, you know, when I. I don't update those as often, but yeah, that's there too. So that's the best way to find me. Uh, again, if you want to go find my first album, it's under the name KCD and the Hallucinations. exactly is so special about Central Texas music and I don't mean short bus special although I know a lot of people kind of think about musicians like that but I think there really is something to celebrate and to and to look at here I might be the person to to really look at this and ask this question because I did not grow up in Texas although I've been part of the uh, the music scene for really about a decade now and I've lived a lot of different places, both in the United States and abroad, so I kind of have a basis for comparison. One of the first things I see is, well, there's sort of a dance hall culture, and there was a guy, T.W. Sullivan, first pointed this out to me. You can literally waltz across Texas, you know, like the song says, the one that Ernest Hub made so famous, because there are, some of these dance halls are historic, and you can Google search Waltz Across Texas, and yeah, the, the country song will come up, and turns out there was even a movie by that name. But there is, this is a thing that people do. They go to these historic dance halls, because that's just something people around here do. And a good example of that would be a local one around here is Bo's Barn. And they appeal to pretty wide variety of people. You get your college kids who, you know, they want to sing karaoke and, you know, hang out. But you also get your 20-somethings all the way up to the senior citizens, and they come to dance. They dress up. They're there to meet friends and socialize. And the other interesting thing is because they're dancing, they're all in pretty decent shape, a lot of them, maybe not all of them. I had to ask myself, what What's with this? Because if you compare a place like Bo's Barn and some of these other historic dance halls to Coyote Ugly in Vegas and you know your typical West Coast country bar with you know the mechanical bull and all that and you know a bunch of yuppies who've never even seen a horse, let alone been on one, I think the difference is authenticity. There's a tradition of going out, yeah, having a few drinks, but meeting with friends and dancing. And I had to ask myself, where does that come from? And as near as I can tell, that's kind of a thing coming from Central Europe. Germany, obviously, you know, Bavaria, you know, with the beer garden kind of thing. But also, you know, Poland and the Polka. And, uh, you know, there's the Czech community. They kind of brought that with them. Just this attitude of 
No, you don't just go out to, you know, get drunk and get laid and all that. It's not a meat market. It's kind of a social thing and it's part of a, a deeper tradition. So I've had to ask myself, what are some of the other traditions that have helped make this scene what it is? The Tejano scene is big here and there's a whole tradition with that and the mariachi scene which makes me think of a, a an accordion player around here by the name of Rebecca Jane Huck, who she's amazing and she's versatile enough to have become familiar with all the different styles of accordion, Italian, the Czech, the Polish, the German, because, yeah, there are different styles of accordion music and also some of the instrumentation that you're going to find in the music here. And what's that line? If you're going to play in Texas, you got to have a fiddle in the band. Well, apparently also an accordion. <laughs> and it doesn't really matter about style. And I think another thing that makes Texas music Texas music is the bardic tradition, which, uh, and this goes back not just centuries, but millennia, the, you know, the storytelling. A lot of good songwriters have come from Texas, you know, central Texas and, you know, more broadly just this whole state. So once again, this has been Tornado Radio. I'm Sarah Seven. And be sure to check out more of Casey's music at kcdmusictx.com or his SoundCloud at kcdmusictx. And uh, peace out, y'all.